Welcome to Erotically Neurotic, a sexy book club podcast. Join us as we take a deep dive into the world of romance and erotic fiction and have candid and hilarious conversations about sex, sexuality, and hidden fantasies. Please note that each of our episodes will contain explicit content and language and lots of spoilers, so please listen at your own discretion. Now grab your books and vibrators and welcome to the club. of Erotically Neurotic. Sweet 16. A sexy book club podcast. Yay! I'm Amanda. I'm Kayla. Why does it feel like forever since I've seen you? I know, because I just realized as we were recording that I never told you I met a listener. What? Yes, I can't believe I didn't tell you this. (laughs) We spent like all day together. (laughs) It's literally just now occurring to me. I met a listener. She knew you? Yeah, so it's not totally random. I went back to Philadelphia to do like family stuff to, like before the holidays and I went to uh, where my sister works because there was like a big event happening and her co-worker who I have never met before came up to me and was like I and I, I would say her name but I didn't ask her if I could say it so we'll just if you're listening sorry I don't know if I can share your name or not but she was like, oh my God, like I've, I'm a big listener. Restore Me was one of the best books I've ever read. I think she, it was like her 30th book, her like Dirty 30. It was like her 30th book of the year or something like that. And she was like, I love your podcast so much. You're so funny. Oh my God. Like, oh my God, thank you. That is so sweet. <laughs> yeah, I turned to my dad and I was like, dad, she listens to my podcast. And he just continued to pretend as though he didn't hear (laughs) any of that. And like, I don't have a podcast. (laughs) Oh my God, that is amazing. Yeah, it it was very exciting. Any other feedback for us? Were our voices sexy? She said, yeah, she's very aroused by our voices. (laughs) No, she did recommend the Britney Spears, because we talked about how we like to read books, not listen to books. Yeah. And she was like, the only um, exception I'll make is the Britney Spears memoir. Oh. She said, listening to that, because it's Michelle Williams, which, hey, you were just singing the Dawson's Creek song. Yeah. So, there you go. For no reason. I'd never even watched <laughs> Dawson's Creek. I don't know why I just sang that theme song. Yeah. Well, now it's in both of our heads, I and now all of our listeners' heads. <laughs> no, um, well, I didn't record it. Oh, It was dang. before. But she recommended that I, I listen to that. So when I got the stomach flu the other day, I just laid in bed and listened to her memoir. <laughs> oh, how is it? Really good. Mm. Really good. Like a fraction, if a fraction of what she says is true, then that in and of itself is like horrific. Oh, gosh. The shit that she's experienced. Okay. I'll yeah. have to take a listen. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. <sighs> well... Amanda and I, I don't know why, but it feels like forever since we'd seen each other. And mm-hmm. we had a little date earlier today. We went to yoga and lunch, which was so nice. Yeah, I haven't washed my hair since we did Oh, I yoga. did. I did. Yeah, it looks good. <laughs> You're gross. <laughs> um, but we were those, like, really annoying people that were cackling and giggling. However, before the class started. Yes. We did not do it during class. Mm-mm. But you could just tell. I'd be like... Everyone hates us. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even know what we were laughing about. 
Just like literally everything. I think I said it, it was a sausage fest in here <laughs> and you lost your shit. There were so many men in this class and we were like, what yeah. the fuck is going on? And then the teacher walked in and we were like, mm, ah, yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. She is hot. Yeah, she was hot as fuck. Yeah. yeah. And here's the thing. I understand you're supposed to really be like self-reflective in yoga and mm-hmm. meditative and they're like, only look at yourself in the mirror. I'm like, is that what everyone's doing? Because... I'm looking at everyone. (laughs) (laughs) I've never had an instructor say, look at yourself in the mirror. I have. Really? They're saying, like, only look at yourself. Oh, like, don't look around? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. And I'm like, um, I'm looking at everyone I see. (laughs) It goes against my primal instinct to not constantly be assessing the room. (laughs) I went out to dinner with my friend the other day, and we were sitting in a booth, and a bunch of people were leaving. It was, like, a big party of people. And she was in front of me, and then the people were passing behind her. And I literally could not stop turning my head to watch every single... And she finally was like, stop looking. Look at me. I was like, I can't. So, I can't yeah. not accept, like look at every single human being. I, I, I feel across. like I've gotten worse since reading these books, but sometimes I think I'm like a 16-year-old boy because I'm like, <laughs> assess everyone. I'm like, hmm, would I? Would I not? Hmm, yeah. would I? Would I not? You know what I think about every time I meet someone new is I wonder um, what their O face looks like. God, I haven't done that. Yeah. Now I now you will. I don't want to do that. Yeah. It's it's not great. <laughs> I don't voluntarily do this, but it is something that I think about. I wanted to tell you. So I got microneedling done. I meant to ask you for the first time the other week. I didn't feel a thing. It was great. Like yeah. they put numbing cream on you, whatever. But this is <laughs> this is how fucked my brain is. And I also want to say that I think it's because we also had just read this book, which. We're going to get into, but mm. this book continues on in a series, and so you can read more, and it's about her sister, blah, blah, blah. So, okay. yeah, that's already on my mind. So, this woman is gorgeous, by the way, and she was telling me a little bit about her family, and sh- they got her sister and brother-in-law together. They're now married. Once they were both divorced, they got them together. Mm-hmm. So, she's telling me their love story. I swear to God, Amanda, my first, literally the first thing out of my mouth was, oh, are they both hot? <laughs> That's what I said to her. What was her answer? She said, yeah, they're attractive. (laughs) And I was like, what the fuck? That is such a weird first question. But also not. But it is so weird. (laughs) Literally, she's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, are they hot? Like, what is wrong with me? So I'm officially... Something's wrong. I think you're. You can get away with asking questions like that as long as hands are out of pants. <laughs> <laughs> the second your hands start to wander, they did not. Are wander. they hot? Like, as you're like, like groping. Yourself. I was just. And then afterwards, I'm like continuing to like word vomit. God knows what. And I'm like, what? What comes over me? But the thing is, nothing does. It's just who I am, and I can't stop it. That was my innate instinct. Are they yeah. hot? Yeah. That's so weird. I love it. Don't ever change. Thank you. <laughs> Anyways, that's my rose, thorn, and story for the day. Okay. That's good. And I feel like you kind of told us yours. Yeah. I mean, obviously the rose was meeting a listener. I mean, you really can't top that. For sure. Yeah. Oh, but my other rose is today when the <laughs> yoga class ended, and I've never heard anyone in my life <laughs> say namaste as fast as Amanda. The teacher <laughs> says namaste, and Amanda goes, namaste. <laughs> jumped up from her yoga mat. She was like, you can lay here. I'll be, I'll, I'll 
I'll see you later. And just like <laughs> ran out of the room. And I was like, oh my God. I thought you were going to, I figured you'd pass out just from like blood pressure levels. <laughs> just sitting up so abruptly. From sitting up so abruptly. It was so hot. <laughs> it was so hot. And I'm used to my studio where the instructor does what she calls doorgasms, where she opens the door a bunch of times and you get that cool air at the end. Yeah. And then they put a cold damp towel on your head yes this janky ass studio didn't have any of that it was just fucking hot from the second we got there to the second we left it's true and i'm recovering from the stomach flu so i think i have like very little moisture in my body exactly and i, I needed say, to get out of there the fact that they this is like the one studio i've been to in years that doesn't come around with a cold towel at the end yeah what the fuck that's some bullshit it's uber bullshit so yeah and I left my brush there, I think. I know. No. I had to buy a new one at Walmart today. That sucks. I know. <laughs> Thanks. I think it's time we get into the book. Okay, let's do it. Go ahead. Okay, so this week we did A Not-So-Meet-Cute by Megan Quinn. This is a dual-perspective fake dating romantic comedy with a whole lot of spice. Yes. I'm already going to interrupt. And... <laughs> I just want everyone to know, Megan Quinn is the queen of rom-com. Okay. Don't you think? Well, this is my first one by her. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, I'm the authority here. She's the queen of rom-com. <laughs> I've read so many of her books, and I typically laugh out loud at least once during all of them. Like, she, I feel like she very purposely makes her characters really kitschy and over mm-hmm. the top. And you kind of have to know that going into it because it can be a little bit like, whoa. Yeah, even the style with which she writes is is kitschy. Like, you kind 100%. of have to just be like, all right, this is the world. Exactly. There's a lot of slang, a lot of... She kind of writes the way you and I talk. Yes, exactly. Which ironically is a little off-putting to me sometimes. <laughs> and to others. <laughs> and to a whole lot of people around us. Uh, but clearly Megan Quinn knows what she's doing because she's super prolific. Exactly. Um, okay, so like I said, dual perspective, fake dating, romantic comedy with some of the best sex scenes I've ever oh, read. Amazing. The, the female lead is Lottie. The male lead is Huxley. There are a lot of secondary characters, but for the sake of this synopsis, I'm not going to muddy the waters with them. Okay. So you know the fantasy of having all of your problems solved by finding a rich husband or wife who can just pay for everything so we never have to worry, work, or really even think ever again. I fantasize about that all the time. Same. I think we have full-blown conversations where we just say, like, God, we need to find, like, a rich husband who can pay for everything, and we can just be these kept women. A friend literally texted me the other day saying, like, oh, I'm so over this. I I wish I married a rich prince. And my (laughs) response was, yeah, I'm really sick of my pauper. (laughs) (laughs) I felt really smart. Oh, that was good. Good use of popper. Thank you. Um, Well, Lottie, a recent college graduate in her early 20s, decided to make this fantasy a reality. When we first meet Lottie, she is pretty down on her luck. She got fired from her job working for Angela, her lifelong and toxic-as-fuck best friend. And to make matters worse, her mother and stepfather are putting an increasing amount of pressure on her to move out so they can basically walk around their home naked and bang a bunch without her being there. After putting little to no effort into finding an actual job, Lottie decides that desperate times call for desperate measures and decides to walk around a super wealthy area of Chicago in hopes of stumbling across a rich man who will wife her up and solve all of her financial woes. 
Of course, Lottie, being the impulsive spaz she is, eventually gets lost in the neighborhood and can't find her way home due to her phone battery dying. Yes, because that's still a thing. That is still a thing, yes. Coincidental, I actually know a lot of people, side note, whose phones are dead by like 2 p.m. What? It's the craziest thing. I mean, some of these people use like Grinder a lot or like Tinder, which eats away the battery. Mm. But other people, it's just from like fucking around on their phone. Okay, well that's It's amazing weird. to me. Yeah. yeah. Coincidentally, Huxley Kane, a sexy and highly driven billionaire in his early 30s who owns Kane Enterprises with his two other sexy brothers, has found himself in quite the predicament as well. We meet him returning from a failed pitch meeting with Dave Tony, a renowned and extremely exclusive real estate developer in Chicago. After being taunted by his two brothers for not being personable enough to land the deal, Huxley leans into his own desperation and, upon learning that Dave Tony's girlfriend is pregnant, decides to lie to him and say that he has his own pregnant fiance, which he does not. When this lie seems to spark Dave's interest in him, Huxley realizes that he needs to find a woman who will be willing to act the part of a newly pregnant fiancé and fast. To clear his head and devise a plan, Huxley decides to go for a walk in his neighborhood. And alas, our two protagonists meet. After a very brief conversation in which Lottie mentions her intentions of finding a rich husband, Huxley and Lottie agree to meet up at Chipotle, the unofficial sponsor of this book. That is so true. <laughs> but this book locks, lacks in Volvos. It makes up for it in Chipotle references. 100%. It is during this meeting that the two discuss how their partnership, which will be strictly businessy and professional, would be mutually beneficial. If Lottie plays along as the pregnant fiancé, Huxley would pay off her student loans and offer any other necessary compensation. Though Lottie initially turns the offer down, she eventually agrees, thus beginning their contractually tied fake dating business partnership. What seems like a fairly straightforward agreement very quickly becomes a headache for both participants. Though Lottie plays the part of a doting mother to be perfectly, her blunt, opinionated, and sarcastic attitude does not mix well with Huxley's straight-laced, cold, and rigid demeanor. Basically, they want to kill each other the in during every interaction. However, as readers who are experienced in the, quote, fake dating trope, we all know that there is a very, very thin line between love and hate, and the rage boiling between them very quickly turns into red-hot lust, which neither can resist, despite their best efforts. Can a relationship based on lies, hatred, and lust really work? You'll have to stop here, download the book, and find out for yourself. Good work. Thank you. Thank that was so impressive. Thanks. Let's do this. Let's do it. I I actually thought I did a good job with my questions this week. So I excited. love your questions. Thank you. Here okay. we here we go. First of all, did you know the expression, quote, a not so meet cute? Both characters even say it themselves in the book when describing their relationship and how they met. And considering I'm the queen of expressions, <laughs> I didn't know that one. <laughs> love your expressions so much i can't tell you how often i think of you saying how often i think of you saying the wind 
they do. <laughs> this is during the intro for the Lady Davis interview. I thought I said the winds will blow where they may. That's <laughs> still not an expression. <laughs> Oh, God. You very much are the queen of expressions. Thank you. Um. And yet, and yet, I had not heard of a not-so-meet-cute. What did you say? He's the emotional strength of a hand. But no, it's not a thing. It's not a thing. It's not a thing. No, it's just like an unfortunate meeting. (laughs) I should have Googled what it meant. And I also just thought it was like Googled what it meant. (laughs) (laughs) What? I don't understand. What does it mean? Do you know what a meet cute is? No. end up getting together meet in like a really cute way so there this is like a play off that like if a not so meet cute so, <laughs> dude if i met someone i was like how would you and your husband meet and they were like oh, it's such a meet cute i would literally be like bye <laughs> that's because you're a word police no that's you're because, the queen of expression no, it's because i'd be like who describes themselves like it that. has to be like a, a, a particular like a uh, like a very special interaction like it really stands out like on armchair anonymous they just did a whole meet cute thing where it's like people meet in these like exceptional ways okay well yeah i found it to be unattractive <laughs> that both yeah. characters yeah. when asked said oh blah 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 and not so meet cute i was like <laughs> like it was like such a turnoff for some reason i know when he said it in particular yes. kind of everything lottie said was a turnoff <laughs> to me but um when he said it i was like ew what like it honestly i'm like here we go similar to men in jeans and flip-flops <laughs> men with jewelry men with nails painted a man saying that a not so meet cute no yeah. What is that? Why am I like, like, ugh? Maybe because it's like a, maybe because it's, it's more of like a traditionally like chick flick mm. term. So it just I'm doesn't sure feel authentic. Nail, nail on the head. <laughs> <laughs> you hit the nail on the head. It is good. Yes, thank you. That's, that's the correct one. I got nervous. <laughs> You hit the nail on the head. Yes, yes. We know I only like very alpha males. Okay, every time you describe <laughs> what kind of guy you like, it is different. <laughs> Last week it was like nerdy. <laughs> yeah, well, hot nerds. Hot alpha nerds. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Name one, one actor who embodies a hot alpha nerd. Oh, wait, I have one. Who? Henry Cavill. Oh, Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill. Um, he's so hot. And he's a huge nerd. He's hot. Gabriel Mocked. Is that how you say his last name? I don't know who that is. He's like the main guy in Suits. Ew. Oh my god, he's so hot. Ew. And he was in 
ew. Do you even know he, who I'm talking about? I do. He looks like he doesn't go down on women. Um, absolutely not. I think you talked about the other main character. They are identical. And no, they're not. And how not, dare you? Neither of them goes down how on women. How dare you? And he's been married to his wife for like 20 plus years. Oh, that's sweet. I know. I like that. And he, I fell in love with him in the movie uh, Because I Said So when he plays oh. Mandy Moore's interest. And he is like, <gasps> you have to watch that. Yeah, I haven't seen that in so Ugh. long. Do you know what movie I just rewatched? The Family Stone. Never saw it. You should. It's like a cute holiday movie. Hmm. But none of the characters kiss in it. It's like a love story. There's like all these love stories happening. And the only ones that kiss are the old ass parents. And we have to watch them like hardcore make out at one point. But all of the other couples that get together, they just hug. Well, that's odd. No one's here for that. No. Yeah. Okay. Moving on. Next. Okay. So, <laughs> Lottie and Huxley's first official date is taking his private jet to Portland to see Fleetwood Mac. Tell me, either, what is the most memorable first date you've ever had, or you can tell me the best date you've ever had? Ooh. Okay. Well, the best date I ever had, I honestly have to say, is my first date with my husband. Mm. Just because it was such like a, a delightful surprise. Because I didn't know him at all. Like, he and I met uh, volunteering at, like, a obstacle course thing through our gym, right? Oh, like such a meet-cute. It was... <laughs> Good job! That was a meet-cute. Yeah. That was a meet-cute. So he... And then we kind of... We kind of interacted briefly, and then um, we came across each other that night on Tinder. And he asked me out through there. But other than that, I really didn't know anything. I knew he was very loud. That was really like the only thing I picked up from him. <laughs> and so I didn't know what to expect. And we went, he took me to get tacos, which was so good. And then we went and I love tacos. And then we went from tacos to an ice cream place, which was so good. We, I, we realized we had the exact same sense of humor. We both made fun of, this is going to sound terrible, a baby. <laughs> but the baby looked particularly weird. It was, <laughs> It was like standing in the middle of like this ice cream parlor. No parent was claiming it. And it was wearing an adult um, gray hoodie that was tied by its feet. And he was bald on top. and had, So he just looked like a little monk like walking around. So he and I just kind of like, I think I made like an off color joke about the baby. And then he immediately picked up after. So like it was a very simple date in that it was tacos and ice cream. Yeah. But... After all of the shitty dates I went on living here with all of these like Peter Pan boys, yeah, it was just like so lo- every part of it was just like so easy and so lovely. So I'd say like that's the best date I've been on because it's the most comfortable I've ever mm. felt. In terms of memorable, um, I think I may have to pull from. The, this is the third story in the ongoing tale of that one guy that I dated who smelled like tequila. Yes. Where he showed up one night. This is our third and final date. He showed up reeking of tequila. It was like nine o'clock. So shit-faced drunk. He had just gotten a tattoo. So it was like raw. You know, his arm was yeah. like raw and bloody. And it was a big husky. And he showed up at the bar I was already annoyed, but I was like tired and I really wanted sweet potato fries. That's all I wanted. So I was like, you know, I'll just get through this fucking date and I'm going to eat some sweet potato fries. I order sweet potato fries. He orders a burger. 
the dolphins, like the football football team, yeah. their dolphins are playing, and he's like, "Oh, the dolphin! This is my this is my team, whatever." And they were losing consistently. So every five minutes, he was taking another shot of tequila and getting more and more shit faced. By the time his burger came, his head was down on his arm, and he was barely conscious. And I couldn't believe the bartenders kept serving him, but I was so hungry that I was like, "I just eat these goddamn sweet potato fries, and then I'm gonna get out of here." So I go to the bathroom before the food comes. When I come back, I guess he had taken this like blue cheeseburger and ripped it in half with his hands. And he had one hand where he was kind of like leaning on the counter, shoving the half a burger in his mouth. His other hand covered in blue cheese, which is the cheese of the devil. The blue yeah. cheese is the most vile cheese. Directly in my basket of sweet potato fries, just squeezing them. Just... <laughs> Pulsing his fingers, Amanda, covered in blue cheese. I'm honestly gonna vomit. I'm gonna vomit. I waited all night, and he was getting mean. He was like looking at. He would ask really personal questions, and I'd be like, "Yeah, I don't want to talk to you. Like, I don't want. I don't want to get into that." And he was like, "You never open up to me. You're so close. You're like just, I mean, blackout drunk, totally aggressive." And I looked, and I saw his vile fingers in my sweet potato fries, and I just grabbed my coat. And I turned to the bartender and I was like, you guys are in charge of taking him home because you got this drunk. And I walked out. Oh my God. Yeah. That, that date has always been like the most memorable. That's insane. That's worse than getting strep throat from his dirty room. Ew. That's that guy. Amanda, all of this is <laughs> fucking disgusting. I know. That was me in what? my 20s. Yeah. Ew. I know. Vile. Okay, what, what about you? What's your best date or most memorable? I think... Probably both my best and most memorable date is my second date with my husband. So I don't have a good memory, number one. But the one thing I remember about the start of our relationship is I remember our first three dates and then I basically don't remember anything. It was Mm -hmm. kind of just like we were together. And I remember the first three dates were Wednesday, Sunday, Wednesday. Nice. Yes. That's, that's, so our second date was he invited me to his house and... Oh, wait. I remembered another date. <laughs> this is my best one, though. Okay. okay. It's my best one. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, anyways, he invited me to his house, and I was kind of like, oh, my God, I don't know. It's a second date. Like, do I, like, drive to this guy's house? And I was like, mm, yeah. So, um, but it was just so nice because I got to his house, and we spent literally eight and a half hours together. I remember leaving wow. and calling my mom and being like, oh my God, I spent a full work day with him. <laughs> That's all I could keep saying because yeah. I came up, <clears throat> he had made us lunch, we went on a hike, and then I was supposed to leave, but it was just kind of clear that neither of us wanted to leave. Yeah. So we just kept hanging out. We went to go get dinner and we decided to like get takeout and come back. And I remember him holding my hand in the car and getting um, literal butterflies in my stomach. I love when guys would hold my oh hand my in the car. God. And like, obviously, I just miss the days of having butterflies. I know. You know, it just goes away. It's Do you think that's why we like these books so much? Yes. Because we get to re-experience the butterflies? 100%. It doesn't yeah. matter. Like, obviously, we love our husbands way more now than our first or second date. But yeah. you don't get butterflies anymore. No. Mm-mm. And I just so distinctly remember getting butterflies. We played, like, music, and I made him do air guitar to Fleetwood Mac, actually. Oh. Um, and just, like, we spent eight and a half hours together, and then I went home. That's a lovely date. I know. It's so funny how the most memorable ones are just, like, they're just simple. Yeah. But I think it's how you feel during them. Mm-hmm. That it just, there's, like, something in your nervous system that's just, like, 
yes yes like, this is this is good remember yes. this feeling exactly <laughs> what's the other one? <laughs> oh my god my most memorable date is <laughs> um a volunteer at the hospital that I used to work out work at asked me on a date and I was like okay you know I'm like what 22 or something and I don't even know why it didn't occur to me that like most likely he's LDS because oh like most people here are in Utah a lot of people are LDS but I didn't even think about it um oh god he didn't know what he was getting into either no so oh where did he take me like to like a raclette place like what like with the cheese like a fondue place oh yeah what's a raclette I've never heard that word before. <laughs> I think that's what it's called. Okay, maybe. Okay, maybe I mean, same, know. same. So it was like a terrible date. Oh, he was, he didn't drink. And I was, that was my like first tip off that like maybe mm-hmm. he was, but I don't even really drink and I'm not religious. So yeah. I was like, oh, maybe not. Oh, then I was thinking, I was like, oh my God, is he not even 21? That was my thought. Oh. Um, but then he mentioned a mission and I was like, oh, so it's that he's LDS. Okay, cool. And I was like, oh, whatever, like got me out, whatever. And I wasn't going to go out with him again. However, then he asked me out on a second date, second date to go shoot guns. And I was like, I've never done that. Uh-huh. I kind of want to do it. So I'll just do it. What I didn't realize was that we weren't going to a gun range. Oh, my God. He picked me up and drove me to the middle of nowhere in the woods and took out a sniper rifle and other unknown named guns. And I was like, oh, my God. What am I who is he? And am I going to die? Oh. <laughs> and um, I kind of like watched him shoot things. And I did shoot some things. And then he just like mauled me against his car. And I think all of his repressed sexual urges just like came out on me on the hood of his car. I hope not literally. <laughs> <laughs> I think that happened in his pants actually. Oh no, buddy. And then I didn't see him again. <laughs> I had just really wanted to shoot guns. I love the idea that like he turned himself on so much 100%. by shooting guns in front of you. Okay, wait, how dare you? I turned him on. <laughs> that just came back to me. What a That's memory. That's so funny. I wish I had a video of it or something. I went on a second date with a guy who was a cop and he took me shooting, Like, but I met him at a range. Yeah. It was at a range. It was, he was so cute. And then I brought him back to my apartment because we were going to watch a cop movie. Yeah, he was like really into being a cop. And as we were sitting on the couch, he, like, adjusted himself, you know. And then out of his pants, he pulled out a handgun and then just, like, put it next to him on the couch. And he was like, oh, I didn't want to sit on that. And I was like, um. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> I don't want that in my house. Like, it's weird. Guns have never scared me. Or they didn't. They scare me much more now. And I saw, like, so many gunshot accidents and wounds at the hospital. Yeah. So it's freaked me out more now. But I was like, oh, cool, shooting guns. But, like. A second date with some rando in the middle of the woods with a sniper rifle? <laughs> so, a sniper rifle and a massive erection. And a, yes, exactly. That was memorable. That's awesome. <laughs> you a, win that round. Thank you. Wow, that really just came to me. <sighs> okay, so next question. Lottie and Huxley start getting to know each other better by texting and asking each other two questions during the day and two at night. And... It's kind of fun as a reader because they're such assholes to each other in person. Mm -hmm. And this is kind of how they start breaking down the barriers and the walls. Like, 
not being face to face, they're able to really get into things more. I so. loved reading their text exchanges. They me were too. really cute. Because Huxley is so closed off typically mm-hmm. and he finally like let loose. Yeah. So I picked a few of the same questions that they asked each other for us to ask. So, number one, what's the craziest thing you ever did in college? When I was in college, I my boyfriend at the time lived in New Orleans. So I with I had the flu. Um, went to New Orleans, like visited him. I honestly don't remember anything about traveling because I was like blackout the entire time because I was so sick. But he he was like from New Orleans. Like like his best friend is the lead singer of um, uh, Suicide Boys. Like, so think of like Post Malone. Like okay. grungy, mm. but the nicest fucking people you'll ever meet in your entire life. But like they were like down and dirty New Orleans boys. And so... Um, I show up the first night. I'm sick as shit. We, they're all like, oh, we're going to meet in a cemetery and like hang out and drink. And I was like, are you allowed to do, I'm like the nerd from the Northeast. Like, can we do that? (laughs) And they kept being like, yeah, this is New Orleans. You can do whatever you want. This is New Orleans. We're there five minutes. And then we hear like, whoop, whoop. And there are all of these cop cars because the neighbors had called the cops. One of the kids apparently was a dealer and he had all of his stuff on him. We end up booking it through the cemetery. It's like midnight at this point. We are, I have never run from the cops before because I don't do anything bad. We are sprinting. At one point I slip in mud and I fall. I'm wearing a white shirt. I fall. My boyfriend takes off. (laughs) This other girl I had never met before had to like pick me up. And then we hid in a, in a, in all these bushes and all this brush for like an hour and a half with the kid who was the dealer who had the worst unmedicated ADHD I have ever seen in my entire life, which meant similar to how they can't really sit in class. He couldn't sit as we were hiding from the cops. He kept popping his head up. He kept jumping around. He kept kind of, and we were like, dude, we're going to get arrested because of you. And you guys were there just to hang out in a cemetery? They just hang out in a cemetery, I guess. And that's Um, who you were dating? My boyfriend was actually lovely, but, yeah, he did leave me when I fell in the <laughs> He was like, I'm so sorry. I didn't even know. I was like, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's insane. And then the next night, we did mushrooms on the roof of an abandoned crack den. <laughs> <laughs> and, and ate beignets. <laughs> I love your stories. And I also love knowing you after this time period because we wouldn't have been friends. I know. I was like a grungy kid in college. And it's, which I'm like, oh, no judgment. I'm like so judgy. (laughs) (laughs) No, but like it would make me sad if we had met then. Mm -hmm. And we obviously just wouldn't have been friends because I would have been like, ew. And then we would have missed out on this. this Thank God. I feel like the lesson here is we should be less judgmental. Yeah. But I feel like I'm not going to take that lesson. I'm like, I don't agree. Because I think you would have still loved me. You would have just seen past the haze of... Filth. Filth. <laughs> I already bathed. Did you? It was just grungy. We did hot yoga today and you didn't shower. <laughs> I didn't wash my hair. I showered. See, and that's the thing. I, I've i started washing my hair way less mm-hmm. per what you're supposed to do. But I always wash it after I do hot yoga. Because I'm like, it's so nasty. I know. Normally I do, but um, it's just so cold. I know. And I had to walk the dog. It was a whole thing. So it was a whole like, thing. Better okay. than that. Okay, tell me. Mm-hmm. Wait, you have to tell me. Oh. What's the craziest thing you ever did in college? I... 
Nothing. You went to a party school. I know, but I'm not a partier. That's the thing. Mm. I didn't realize it was a party school when I went there because I'm so fucking lame. And I went for such a specific degree. Yeah. Um, I watched two people have sex in a pool. Oh. Like a public pool. There are kids swimming in it. But, okay. But it wasn't me. I was just there. <laughs> oh, like I know. I know. This isn't crazy. But for me, it's crazy. I facilitated a drug deal. Ooh. Just with weed. <laughs> I was so nervous to be caught that I took my entire hard shell guitar case because uh-huh. I was a music student. Yeah. And I was like, I'll put it in here. It's like like really sturdy, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And I was so thankful I did because I'm sure I'm making it up now. But to me, it was like the most pungent, oh, yeah. smelly, smelly weed of all time. And I'm like, mm-hmm. there's no way if I was transporting it in anything besides this hard cased guitar yeah I would have been caught yeah yeah that's kind of as crazy as I ever got I'm too scared to try drugs mm-hmm. besides weed because I'm like what if I get addicted what if I just like yeah. die from one time yeah you could the craziest thing I ever did was I may was making out with a guy at a party on the porch while holding another guy's hand <laughs> and then I fell off the porch into the bushes <laughs> most of that is recounted from my college roommate <laughs> So like I was, I know, that was like you. almost That's a threesome. That's good. I mean, That's as like close to a threesome as I've gotten. Yeah, way to bury the lead on that one. Thank Damn, you. that was pretty good. Thank you. Well done. Thank you. So moving on. <laughs> Number two, what was your first impression of me? But also, did we discuss this in a previous episode? I think we did, or at least we alluded to it, but I don't think we actually got into it. Okay. And this was literally a question they asked each other in the book. So that's yeah. why it's on here. My first impression of you is that I really wanted to hate you. <laughs> <laughs> because we were introduced through a mutual friend. Yeah. And I didn't want you stealing my friend because I had just moved here somewhat recently. And I'm like, this bitch is coming in here. She's going to take the one friend I have, my 55-year-old friend. <laughs> and I'm not going to have anyone. And then... I was invited to your house after you guys went mountain biking. So I was like, second dig. Of course, this bitch mountain bikes. <laughs> and I didn't mountain bike at the time. And I was like, she's so cool. And then you invited me over with that friend. And <clears throat> you just kept initiating conversation. And then like, it was like chipping away at my hard exterior. Because I was just like, fuck, I like that question. Fuck. She's really <laughs> funny. And then it just like totally melted. Aww. Yeah. My I don't remember you. that day. <laughs> Great. I have a really bad memory. Yeah, you do have a bad memory. My memory of meeting you is, yes, this friend told me, she was like, you have to meet my cute girlfriend. You guys would be such great friends. And I was like, yeah, I'd love to because I really wanted girlfriends. Mm-hmm. But I was really nervous. But didn't we bond right away over that other, like, there was like a bitchy girl in the <clears throat> gym who I was talking about watching Bravo. And she's like, ugh. Oh, yeah. I can't believe you, like, watch that trash. And I was like... Yeah, I, like, watch it because it's trash. Sometimes I, like, really need to turn my brain off. And she kind of, like, kept quipping at me. And you were there and you are like, I totally get it. I love watching, like, trash too. Whatever. And yeah, I was like, yeah. thank you. Solidarity. Oh, solidarity. And also just, like, it's okay if you don't watch it, but fuck off. I, I'm not, yeah. like, we're not, like, here for a lecture about, like, watching stimulating intellectual I <laughs> shows. I was saying that yeah. I liked Bravo because... I work at a fucking children's hospital mm-hmm. where I'm with patients who die on the reg, yeah. and I don't want to watch anything that's going to make me emotional. Yeah. Do you have a problem with that, bitch? Yeah, it's just the, it, watching people get off on their like own elitist 
view of things. Yeah. Like, oh, how can you watch Real Housewives? Exactly. I was like, for the, that's the entire reason I watch it. <laughs> yeah. So I don't have to think. And I can be like, yeah. exactly. But wait, what did we do after that? So you came to my house, and then what? We just fell in love? Yeah, we just talked, and then I think you invited me on like a walk or something. Oh my God, look at me. Real, I really reached I don't out. remember how we really fell in love but I think it was like maybe we were talking about like true crime mm. podcasts and then you invited me on like a walk outside the gym wow I'm such a reacher outer you are well you were that one time yeah <laughs> <laughs> thank god yeah yeah right yes okay oh but my first impression of you I answered it you answered that okay yeah. great last one what's your favorite thing about yourself oh um, my favorite thing about myself is, I guess I'm, I guess I'm pretty hardworking. Well, am I? Not really. What's another way you, I want um, to describe that? Yes, you are. Like, I'm, I'm, when I, I'm very indecisive, but when I make a decision on something, I can be very driven about it. You are unbelievably driven and unbelievably motivated. Yes and no. Like, I think I'm motivated, but what I really lack is discipline. So it takes a while for something to click in. Like, I'm constantly thinking, like, I'll get on these little trails of like, oh, I think I'm going to do this. And, you know, like, I'm going to run a marathon. And then I'll talk about that with people for three weeks. And then it'll go away. Or like, oh, you know what? I think I'm going to hire a new employee. And I'll think about that. And then I'm like, no. And I'll do that a lot. You know, like, I switch gyms a lot. I, I kind of go through. And then once I find something that clicks then I'm like very focused and very driven and determined. Yeah. So that's like one thing I don't like about myself, but I do like that part of me. I like that when I'm, when I find something that I jive with and that um, stimulates me, I'm very hooked into it. Yeah. Oh, that's a great answer. Thanks. What about you? I don't know. I, I probably that I'm just say what's on my mind. That's my favorite thing about you too. Is it? Mm-hmm. That's nice. Yeah. I mean, obviously it gets me in trouble plenty, but <laughs> I like it. I think yeah. everything in this world is so freaking filtered and so on your best behavior and mm-hmm. no, 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 no. And I'm just like, I just, I can't, I don't have time. Yeah. But it's okay because you're not like a bigot. You know what I mean? It's not like you just say whatever's on your mind and it's like horrible, offensive, disgusting shit. Like, Thank you. I think it works because you're such a kind, as funny and judgy as you can be, yeah. right? Like how we lean into that? Yeah. But like, you're such a kind, open-minded person that like, yeah, you say what's on your mind and it's usually pretty vulgar and blunt, but it's not um, malicious. Thank you. Okay. That's yeah. true. That's true. I appreciate that. Yeah. Okay. Moving on from that little block of questions. I feel like I really got to know you. Yes. Yes. Me too. Mm. <laughs> Loxy, Loxy, okay. <laughs> I met Lottie, which is kind of a cute that's, name. That's like their um, that's celebrity name. Together. <laughs> Loxy. Lottie has a very toxic friendship with her former boss, Angela. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had a toxic friendship like this and what happened? Yeah, um, my kindergarten best friend. <laughs> You know, like when you're in therapy and like the most embarrassing thing from when you were like five years old comes up and you're like, God damn it. Yep. Like, I can't believe this affects me still. Um, yeah, my childhood best friend uh, was like totally toxic. Like she was like a mean girl kind of. And uh, she would, she, you know, this is also like elementary school up until like fifth grade. And she was one of those girls who would just like one day show up and like not talk to me. 
And then I'd have one of her little minions come up and be like, she's not talking to you today. Oh my and I'd be like, why? And she's like, because she doesn't want to. You know, it's just like one of those. Yep. So no one wanted to be on her bad side. Everyone always scrambled to like get her approval. And I don't think she listens to this, so I can tell this story. She continued this behavior. Uh, a couple, Two years ago, I got a text. She, she was getting married and I wasn't invited because I don't talk to her. I haven't spoken to her since high school. And I get... She texts me and she's like, hey, um, we're so behind on our sending out wedding invitations, but I'm getting married next month. I'd love for you to be there. What's your address? So I send her my address because I'm like, I just want to see what this invitation looks like. And she sends it to me. It is like this beautiful printed multi, I mean, she's very wealthy, multi-sheeted thing. And I'm like, do you really expect me to believe that you are sending invitations out to a destination wedding a month before the ceremony. No, it's no one out. Like people couldn't come. And I was like, list C, you know what I mean? That is insane. It's like nothing has changed in 20 years. It was so, I was dying laughing and I showed it to my therapist and she's like, that's not an invitation. That's an invitation. Oh <laughs> my like, gosh. That's exactly what that is. Yes. That is an invitation. Yeah. It's like, I needed to just check you off the box, mm-hmm. you know? Just so you, I can say I invited you. What but. a bitch. Yeah, it was just like, why did you even send it? But it's like that, like yeah. mean girl shit. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. There were so many mean girls in my high school and growing up. And mm. it was hard because, you know, I went to this small private school. There were 62 people in my grade. I was with the same people from the time I was in second grade through graduating. Same. Just kill me. Mm-hmm. So, like, all of them were toxic. <laughs> um, but the one thing... I wouldn't say it wasn't a toxic friendship, but there's like one time I had a friendship breakup where I was oh. like, we have to stop being friends. Those are hard. And I will say it's not, she wasn't an Angela or anything like that, but she had a lot of issues with eating mm-hmm. and I felt it rubbing off on me mm-hmm. and it gave me lots of anxiety, like always commenting on food, always commenting what I was eating and bodies. And I was like, I can't. Yeah. I just can't be friends with you because this is, like, going to make me have an issue. Yeah. So yeah. that's the only, like, friend breakup I've had. That That's a tough one. Because yeah. it's, like, you know that person is suffering. You know that, like, they are not um, super happy, right? Yeah. If you have disordered eating or an eating disorder, like, you clearly are struggling with a lot of underlying things. Yeah. And... It's like out of love, I can't, I can't participate in this. Like no. I can't have this around me because it does, it can suck you under. 100%. That's really hard. Yeah. So, yeah. but For, she wasn't an Angela. Yeah. She wasn't like malicious. It's no. just she was sick. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Were you attracted to Huxley? Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I get less and less attracted to these characters in these books the more they talk about business (laughs) and I don't mean the details of business I just mean like business as this general term that's used in these books of like yeah I'm I'm gonna I'm off to my business office so I'm I'm gonna do some business Lottie this is how business people talk you really need to think about your business and how business works a billionaire that's what I'm saying (laughs) like I can it makes it less attractive but I can tolerate a lot of that for yes. billions of dollars. But you know what? I was actually thinking in this book you wouldn't be as put off because I thought it did a really good job of 
explicitly stating all the things he was doing. It didn't feel like business business to me. It was like, I thought it like kind of went into some real estate development details as much as I could understand, which is not much. (laughs) Well, one thing, I, I didn't get the details as much, but maybe I skimmed it. But I like that at one point Lottie is like, say the word business to me one more fucking time yes. and I'm going to lose my mind. So like, it is kind of a joke within the book at a certain point. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought he was super sexy. I liked when he would kind of like relax and be like charming and kind of funny. Obviously his sex scenes, he's like very dominating, mm. which I was like, okay. Yeah. I think one of my little notes is just like, check please. Yeah. <laughs> like, when he says it in Chipotle, like... Wait, I'll read the two. Yes. I liked Huxley. I mean, obviously, I love Huxley. Super hot. The only thing that would not really work for me that he constantly did was he, for a long time there, was so hot and cold. Mm-hmm. Very quickly. Yes. And I am so sensitive to that. And that would just not work for me. That, on an intellectual level, is really unattractive. Yes. Um as I've mentioned before, with my own pathology, that would hook me immediately. Yes. The hot and cold, I would want his validation. Um, so two things. When they're at Chipotle, yep. and she's eating a burrito bowl, and he's eating a burrito, and they share chips, that is the level of detail we get into with the Chipotle references. And that is one of many scenes where they eat Chipotle in this book. True. He says something like, like he just kind of casually mentions these really sexual things, which obviously in real life would be really unattractive, but in this book was super hot. But he just says, like, there's something so sexy, so possessive about being being able to hold your girl at the nape of her neck. And I was like, yes, please. True. And then later he says, because uh, he's talking about, like, how he's never met, met the right woman. He's not really looking. He doesn't really date. And he says, if I found the right woman, I'd be far more interested in fucking her against every surface of my house rather than answering monotonous emails or buying a business partner a drink. Mm. okay okay works for us sure <laughs> and i think that you know, lends itself well into our last question which is your favorite sex scene it's so funny for such a goofy book the sex scenes were amazing kind yep. of like the book we're both reading right now that we're going to be doing next time yes which we'll announce at the end you kind of don't expect it and then when it happens it's like oh okay yep. Mm-hmm. So there were a couple really good ones, um, but the one I liked the most, the one that stood out for me was they were, this was after they there's their texting got a little sexy. So he's at work, she's with her sister, and they start sexting about like a hookup they had had the night before where he fingered her. Um, and I think they start to kind of get into a fight. So every night they have to have dinner together. And usually dinner is where like conflict really happens because she's like trying to force him to talk. She keeps saying like, I can't do this if you don't talk to me. And he like doesn't give a whole lot. So she stands up like she's ready to leave. And then he has her come over mm-hmm. and stand in front of him. And then he pushes her back against the table. And he says um, basically like, I'm going to eat you. And if you don't want me to, tell me to stop now. Otherwise, like, I'm going to eat your pussy. And it's like, okay. <laughs> like, she has a little bit of like, should I not? And then she's like spread eagle on this table super fast. Yep. Um, and so kind of while they're like doing some dirty talk, uh, he's like, you know, did you play with yourself after we texted tonight? And she's like, I've played with myself every night since I've been here with her like 
variety of dildos that she talks about throughout the book. Yep. And then she's like, but I do it really quietly. I don't want you to hear me. And then he says, don't. He stops his fingers. If you play with yourself at night, I want to fucking hear it. I want to hear your moans. I want to know that you're satisfied. I just think like, Mm. okay, Huxley, like I am all aboard here. Yep. And then he, you know, he kind of teases her and then finally he makes her come. And he's just... The, the dirty talk in the book is just so... Oh, my God. Like, it's explicit, so hot. But not over-the-top vulgar. It's... Oof. That's my favorite scene. Yes. Yeah. That scene is hot. Mm-hmm. Okay. You already know what scene I'm doing because I... When I read this book for the first time a few years ago, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, my God. You need to know this scene. It's so funny. We were so innocent back then. You I were like, know. We were out at a pool and you were like, oh, my God. I read this book. It's really sexy. I was like, did you know there's such a thing as a dildo that has a suction cup to your shower? And you were like, yeah. And I was like, I kind of want to get one. And then I was like, let's be honest. I'm not. That sounds like awful. It sounds terrible. So like, oh, I'm going to bend over in the shower on the tile with rain pelting me. Yeah, no. No. And like water is not a good lubricant. I hate, I, exactly. Yeah. But I have to go with the scene. So one thing about Lottie that I appreciate is she is just like confident. She owns her sex appeal. Mm-hmm. She goes after what she wants. So this is a time where she's trying to seduce him and he's not biting and she's just like not going to give up. So he, she has him like undo her clasp of her dress because she can't reach it herself. And she's trying to get him to touch her and he won't and so blah, blah, blah. So it goes, with a disappointed look in her eyes, she heads out of my bedroom but doesn't shut the door. She crosses into her bedroom and leaves her door open as she drops the dress on her bed and sachets to the bathroom. Fuck, an open door, that's an invitation. She's tempting me, not giving up in her pursuit. For the life of me, I don't think I can hold back. Not after seeing her perfect ass, not after undressing her, not after that kiss we shared earlier, and not after seeing her on her knees, cheeks hollowed, not after knowing she wanted my cock in her mouth. Okay, so it goes on. That's hot (laughs) as fuck. But then it gets better. Moving on a little bit. Then she walks across the bedroom, completely naked. Tits, the perfect handful. Hips, just enough to grab onto. Pussy, waxed and so goddamn tempting. One taste was not enough. Motherfucker. She looks over at me, flips her hair over her shoulder, and then goes to her nightstand. She opens a drawer and pulls out her dildo with a suction cup at the end. Turning toward me, she offers a full frontal view, and my mouth goes dry as my eyes take in her tight nipples, hard and craving my mouth. Aware of my staring, Lottie takes the end of the dildo and rubs it across her chest, allowing her head to fall back as she brings it up to her mouth. Her tongue peeks out, and she licks the goddamn top. It goes on. Sure does. Um, that's like the littlest start to then how the sex scene unfolds, which is oh, her yeah. in the shower. Go into town on herself, yelling his name. He's mm-hmm. like standing there watching her. Finally, he joins in. But like, can we just give Lottie a round of applause for the bravado she yes. has to do this? Yes. I mean, holy shit. The confidence. And we talked about this last week, I think. Yeah. The confidence to pursue someone who has explicitly said, like, 
no, 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 no. Because his whole thing is like, it has to be business. This is a business transaction. Even though he's sporting like massive erections for her and like all over the place. getting her off. And getting her off constantly. And then she's like, okay, like, let's really do this. And he's like, no, 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 I can't. And she's <laughs> so like, professional. what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, dude, just the start of that sex scene mm-hmm. is insane. And then, I mean... Uh, you you guys know me. I want to keep reading, but like it's so it almost gives me secondhand embarrassment because it's such it's so yeah. intense. What she's like yes. in the shower, just uh-huh. like doing it. Yeah, yeah. And she does not feel the least bit weird. No, I love it. Yeah. There's another scene that I think is super hot where they're hooking up on the roof, mm. and they're basically it's like it sounds so silly. They're just dry humping. Yeah. But the way it's described, it's like this slow build up where he's like kind of thrusting against her and like they both end up coming from it. Yeah. And it, I mean, Megan Quinn, we say this a lot, Megan Quinn can wear the shit out of a sex She scene. truly can. I've read, yeah. so there's two more books in this series. It's about both of the brothers and I really think it just gets better. Oh, really? I really do. Like I remember sex scenes from both of the other books that have stayed with me. Wow. And I've also read all of her Agitator series, which is about a hockey team, and excellent chef's kiss. Is that the one you talked to Angel Lawson about? Yes, that's Megan Quinn. Okay. And every single one of them has done it for me. Mm. So good. So you guys, that's a not-so-meet-cute. I really like this book. I think it's adorable. Yeah. You have to kind of be into the style of rom-com writing, but Mm -hmm. it's a really, really fun one to get started with, especially if you kind of want just like flirty fun but hot sex. Yes. It's such a good one. Yeah, and I think like with what I'm learning, and I keep learning this with different books that we're reading, is like just have fun with it. Yeah. Like it's silly and the writing is goofy and you know, Megan Quinn, a lot of it is like a wink wink to the reader. Um, and if, if you're not so serious about it, it's like a super fun read. 100%. And then the sex scenes are excellent. Are delectable. Yes. Yeah. Ah, uh, thanks for recommending this one. Yes. Thanks for, for reading. Of course. So our next book is going to be a ruin of roses by KF Breen. <laughs> what? <laughs> this book is so funny. This book is bananas. But it's not funny. Well, it's funny. I think it's supposed to be funny. Is it? Uh, you know what? Yeah. Her self-talk is funny. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have I to mean, talk. it's so over the top it's vulgar. It's so over the top. But in like a really fun way. 100%. Again, if you let yourself just kind of have fun with it. It's exactly. really fun. So we will be bringing that to you next episode. Yes. It is a romanticy. I think there's four books in the series. We're just okay. going to be covering the first one. Mm-hmm. Again, it's called A Ruin of Roses by K.F. Breen. Uh, I hope we have some fun things to discuss <laughs> about it. Well, we shall see. Yeah. So keep interacting with us on Instagram. Um, email us if you have any suggestions for books that you want us to cover. We're actually planning on covering a book in a few weeks um, based on a suggestion that we got from a listener, which is really yes. exciting. Bass Ackwards, if you're listening, we're doing that book soon. Yes. Just stay tuned. Yes. And, um, um, yeah. All right. I love you. I love you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for being a part of our Erotically Neurotic community. Don't forget to email your book recommendations, book club questions, and or any erotic stories, embarrassing moments, or sexual triumphs you want to share. Email us at eroticallyneuroticpodcast at gmail.com. 
and follow us on Instagram at Erotically Neurotic Podcast. Hi there, Amanda here. I think it's worth noting that any and all thoughts shared in these episodes are a reflection of my own personal and constantly evolving opinions, and not that of my profession or licensing board. While I am a therapist, I am not your therapist. Therefore, nothing I say in this podcast should be taken as therapy advice or guidance. Thank you so much for being a part of our sexy book club, and tune in next week for our next episode.